This episode of Achieving Rally, the podcast, has been brought to you by HorrorPack.com. Do you like movies? Do you like mystery boxes? Now for the biggest question. Do you like horror movies? Yes. Yes, I believe you do. HorrorPack.com has your fix for both. Sign up. And every month you'll get four movies on either DVD or Blu-ray. Unless you sign up for both. Well now, how much is this fantasy of horror? The DVDs are $19.99 a month. The Blu-rays are $24.99 a month. Pretty much a deal right there. Oh, and tell them Larry Greenstein sent you from Achieving Reality, the podcast. Horrorpack.com It's what everyone is dying for. <laughs> hey, Chris! Hey, Larry. Mm, yeah. Try again. <clears throat> Achieving Reality, the podcast, starring Chris and Larry, Amorous in parentheses. This week we talk about your whole bunch of crap, like usual, and uh, we keep you entertained, unlike usual. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast. We'll see you at the end, possibly, maybe, or maybe not. You never know. Skipplepeekas. Should have been here for the product review. <laughs> Guess what time it is? It's uh, time we do that thing that you do. Well, one of the things that I do. Yeah. It's time for another Larry's Internet Quiz. Yay! Yay! This one is, and this one's right up our alley. Ooh. No, not anal. It's right up our alley. I didn't say anything like that. You said ooh. I, said, I always say ooh. <laughs> no, you just say it's a ooh. Running, it's a running gag. No, that's somebody else. <laughs> Are you a bigger science fiction or fantasy nerd? Huh. And considering uh, we're we're wearing a science fiction and fantasy shirts, uh, who I'm knows? Gonna, I'm gonna have to go ahead and say sci-fi. Probably. I'm gonna do it twice, so you're gonna get one of these as well. Oh boy. What do you mean, oh boy? Always great when we have to do the same thing twice. Could be worse. We have Marissa here. Had to do it three times. That's right. We get a bam here. We have to do it four Ruby, times. you're a sci-fi or fantasy dog. No, yeah. All right, so begin a game. Are you a dreamer or a realist? Goofy, wait for him to ask the question. Are you a dreamer or a realist? Dreamer, realist, neither. I'm going to go with realist because I am. Pick a movie. 
E.T., Love Actually, Mean Girls, Wizard of Oz. Alright, if I pick Wizard of Oz, does that mean I'm gay too? Because it is a really good movie. And they did just find the missing uh, Ruby Slippers. Yeah, they were just sitting around somewhere. No, they were stolen. Well, there's been like 17 pairs of rubies. No, there's only four actual ru- pairs of ruby yeah, slippers. Yeah, they find one every other year. No, they found the real ruby slippers that she wore in the movie that were stolen from the the uh, museum. Oh. So, needless to say, going to go E.T. I don't like it now, but I did like it then. Well, if you were having to choose a movie to watch now... I wouldn't have watched any of those. I'd throw a horror film in. But that's not one of the questions. Are you a day or a night person? Night-ish. Do you dream of staying on the International Space Station? No. Dream of it? Uh, How many times? I'd like to visit it. (laughs) How many times have you seen The Princess Bride? 100 plus, over 50, 10 maybe, once, never. Alright, well I already know of one person who's never seen it. And uh, it was, that was a story by Dave Bear. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> never watched it. You've never seen it? No, I'm talking about Dave Bear. Never no, 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 no. He's seen it. The person he was referencing it to had never seen it. He actually did the, ha-ha, jokes on you. I've spent the last year and a half uh, making myself immune to iocane powder. <laughs> okay. Okay. He was at a Dragon Con party. With someone who's never seen Princess Bride. I know. How can you be... And what makes it worse is there was a uh, Dread Pirate Roberts at the party. Yes. So I'm going to say over 50 because it's true. Uh, Choose a weapon, a three-headed flail, so a cat of nine tails, but not technically. The Star Wars blaster. I don't think I would ever pick that because it's terribly inaccurate. Oh, wait. Depends on which one. Uh, This is the original. The Stormtrooper Blaster? Yes. Han Solo's Blaster? No, no, no. Stormtrooper Blaster. Leia's Blaster? The Stormtrooper Blaster. Oh, yeah. And a Battle Axe, two-headed. I'm going to go with that, because I actually own one. Do you dream about flying, fighting, fucking, weird stuff I can't explain, mundane things I never remember? Uh, What do you dream about? Sorry. Flying, fighting, fucking, weird stuff I can't explain, mundane things I never remember. I'm going to have to go with the weird stuff I can't explain, because that is typically what I'm dreaming about. What's your favorite subject in school? Math, science, history, English, art, something else. going to go with history, because it was. Choose a mythological creature. Elf, Hydra, Unicorn, or Phoenix? Hydra? Hail Hydra. Who's had the biggest influence on you? Mom, dad, bro, or sis? Another relative. Not really a fair question. In my case, right? J.R.R. Tolkien or Stephen Hawking? In my extended family. I'm going to go with another relative. Uh, Are you looking forward to the singularity? Yes, no, or what's that? No. Which animal would be your spirit guide? Bear, eagle, stag, dolphin, cheetah, fat man on a shield? Or a minion. It actually says wolf. So, bear, eagle, stag, dolphin, cheetah, or wolf. For some reason, I always choose bear. Probably because I'm a fat, hairy man. And you attend those clubs. (laughs) And I attend those clubs with Chris. Which movie is this from? 
It's a picture of a dude in a chair with other dudes behind them wearing a weird coat, shirt, and suspenders. It's either <laughs> Bra- it's either Brazil or Dark City. Well, I have to see it. <clears throat> no, I still have to the answer. Well, no, for you, well here I can show it to you for your turn. Okay. You don't. I know the answer. Oh. This is your quiz. Right. All right. Well, I don't know. And there are more options. Than what she read off. No. That's it. It ends at Brazil. Yeah, but you only said Dark City and Brazil. Oh, I'm sorry. Blade Runner, Inception, Dark City, Pan's Labyrinth, Legend, or Brazil. Legend. <laughs> it's definitely not that. I don't remember that from Blade Runner. I didn't see Inception, and I don't really want to. It's a pretty good movie to watch once. All right, I'm just going to go with Dark City. Cause... It might be even better the second time you watch it, since you've already had a trip through. You might pick up on some more things. Pen okay. or pencil? Tell her. Pen. Choose a planet to visit. Mars, Venus... Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus. It doesn't matter. You're not coming back from any of them, so. You could, you could come back from Mars. Depends on how you go. Well, if you're shot out of a cannon, you're gonna. it doesn't matter. That's how the Martians got here. <laughs> I know my wells. I want to visit Mars. It's going to say Uranus, but I didn't want to hear it. Ooh. Choose the book series you love most. Lord of the Rings. Uh, George R. R. Martin's The Song of Farter and Ice. Judy Bloom's Super Fudge. The Hunger Games. The King Killer Chronicles, which I've never read. Ender's Game series. Jenna Novotovich's series. And the Foundation series by Isaac Asimov. Uh, I'm going to go Lord of the Rings. Though I do like George R. R. Martin's Song of Fire and Ice. It takes him 10 years to write one book. so The series caught up and passed it. Oh, not even that. He said, he came out and said, I want the series to finish before I finish the last book because it'll be based off the series. Oh. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm not reading that. Thank you. So, actually, no, I do like the Ender's Game series. I'm going to go with that. Really? Yeah. I've never actually... Uh... It, was, it was pretty good. Uh, when do you see the new Star Wars movies? The second they premiere, definitely in theaters. I wait for the rental. I hate Star Wars. What? What? Definitely in theaters. Choose a season. A season? Choose a saison. Choose a season. Spring, summer, autumn, winter. I like autumn in other cities, not or other states, not Georgia. Hmm. Because it's basically like being in Florida. Uh, hot dogs or hamburgers? And it says hot dogs, hamburgers, cheeseburgers. Hello. Uh, gross, neither. Going to go with cheeseburgers. Hello. I can't Can imagine you, the concept of having a hamburger and not a cheeseburger. Well, I mean, I've had just hamburgers. Well, I mean, I've had them, but... They're very tasty. If you have the option of having a cheeseburger... I don't like paying the extra 50 cents or more for cheese in stores. But I'm not a stereotype. What? Oh, very funny. No, it's just, I don't... If I want to do that, I'll bring the burger home and throw cheese on it. Now, okay. there fair are... Enough, fair enough. Yeah, now there are... Places where I do get the cheeseburger because they're putting like smoked gouda or mm-hmm. provolone or something like a good cheese on it. But when they're just like, you want American or Smith? It's like, well, I don't want either of those. So, um, you know, I'll just have a hamburger. Thanks. And could you please not talk out of your nose? Yeah. <laughs> please change your voice. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can, can, you shoot, can you shoot a bow and arrow accurately? Maybe. I used to be able to. Well, you know, depends. 
No, I don't wear those. Depends on whether or not I hit the target or not. That's true. So, here we go. I got Fantasy Nerd. I can, but it's highly unlikely. I got Fantasy Nerd. You might think sci-fi and fantasy are the same, but they're not. You belong in the imagined world of fantasy. Science fiction is cool and all, but you'd rather create your own worlds than imagine aliens invading ours. Considering I think that 90% of those alien stories are bullshit. Uh, You love myths and creatures in Tolkien novels. Probable favorite things, Game of Thrones, The Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, The Avengers, Pan's Labyrinth, The Wizard of Oz, and The Princess Bride. Yes. So there we go. I'm a fantasy nerd. You are. Now we're going to do it for you, Christopher. I already told you. Sci-fi. It doesn't matter. Are you a dreamer or realist or neither? Well, some say I'm a dreamer. Uh, What do you say? Dreamer. Okay, dreamer. Pick a movie. E.T., Love Actually, Mean Girls, or Wizard of Oz. I have to pick from those. I'll probably go Wizard of Oz. All right, Wizard of Oz. Day or night? You're night. (laughs) Ask a silly question. Yes. Do you dream about staying on the International Space Station? Yes, no, never thought about it. I'll say yes. Yes. I think that'd be cool. How many times have you seen The Princess Bride? Never once 10 or so, over 50, over 100. We'll go to 10 or so. I'm not the hugest Princess Bride fan. In the okay, uh, the three-headed flail, the two-headed battle axe, or the Star Wars Stormtrooper Blaster? I think the Stormtrooper Blaster. Stormtrooper Blaster. I'm not really keen on killing people either. Right, get the fuck out of them with it. It's okay. It has. You couldn't shoot in a straight line anyways. Yeah, that means I can actually aim at him and get that, that you know, aggression out. Yeah. And I have to worry about actually feeling guilty. <laughs> I have to feel guilty about it later. What do you dream about? Flying, fighting, fucking, weird stuff I can't explain, mundane things, I don't know. Um, usually it's more mundane things. So mundane things. All right. What's your favorite subject in school? Math, science, history, English, art, something else. Uh, out of those, I'm going to say art. Fart it is. Choose your mythological creature. Elf, Hydra, Phoenix, Unicorn. Uh, let's go with the Phoenix. Phoenix. Who had the biggest influence you? Mom, dad, bro or sis, another relative, J.R.R. Tolkien, or Stephen Hawking's? Hawking. Same play my brothers. All right, so bro or sis. Looking forward to the singularity? Yes, no, what the hell? Am I looking forward to it? That's what Not really. No. All right. Which would your spirit animal guide be? Bear, eagle, stag, dolphin, cheetah, wolf. Cheetah, wolf? <laughs> oh, my God, it's the cheetah, wolf. <laughs> It's the dolphin cheetah wolf. Oh, even better. <laughs> the scariest spotted creature. It used to be man bear pig. It used to be. So uh, which one? Bear, well, it's not bear, a cheetah because God bear, help me. Bear eagle stag or dolphin cheetah wolf? Oh, God. I'm going to say eagle. You just don't want to say bear. I'm trying to cut back on my eating. <laughs> you could say stag then. Although I, do, I, I do eat fish whenever I cracker barrel, so that's kind of bear-like. Anyway, so do eagles. So. That, that's true. So do dolphins. So bad. But they don't go to Cracker Barrel. You don't know. <laughs> One of those dockside Cracker Barrels. All right. Eagle. And then an ad for Karma Automotive. No thanks. Okay. So that picture. Mm-hmm. The same one? Yeah. The movie that I don't know what it's from. Dark City. Oh, it was Dark City. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I put. I was like, oh, I don't know. But it looks like it would be that click. All right. So there we go. Pen, pencil, or nothing. Basically, pen, pencil, or it says neither. Oh. Blood! <laughs> Sputum! Pen. Pen. What planet would you choose to visit? Jupiter. Jupiter. Because uh, I like Arthur C. Clarke. Okay, uh, 
Well, I don't have any of his books here. Lord of the Rings, George R. R. Martin's annoying, long, ridiculous thing, though it is a great book series. Uh, the Hunger Games, which neither of us have probably read. The King Killer Chronicles. The Endgame series and Foundation series by Isaac Asimov. No, yeah, I always have to go with uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Dinglings. I, I, I don't have much familiarity with the other ones. I'd be lying. Uh, just, when, just to sway the quiz. When do you... Uh, That's ethical. What? White hat. When do you see the new Star Wars movie? Premiere? Sometime in the theaters. I wait for the rental. I hate Star Wars. Sometime in the theater. All right. I no. I don't so, go the day of. No. Yeah. No. I don't anymore. It's full of Star Wars nerds. <laughs> so is most of the you know, other days too. Yeah, but not as they've already seen that's, it once. That's true. Yeah, they're on their fifth time by then. The nut is all. So obnoxious. choose your, choose your season: spring, summer, autumn, winter. 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 It's coming, you know. So you should have chosen the, the George R. R. Martin. I hear you got a Walker problem. You saw that, right? Jen's post. Yeah. What happened to Rick after he left the series? Uh-huh. Hot dogs or hamburgers? You're going to do the cheeseburger hello one? Isn't that what she said? Yeah. Because it's hot dog hamburgers. Cheeseburgers, hello. Or gross, neither. Hello. Yeah. All right. Can you shoot a bow and arrow accurately? Yes, no, maybe. Never tried. No. So no or never. Nope. No or never tried. Oh no. I okay. So no, no. No, I know I can't shoot a bow and arrow accurately. Okay. I, I can look out and hit a target, but it wasn't my fault. You get. You ready for this? The wind changed direction. You ready for this? Sure. You're a fantasy nerd too. No, I'm not. Says so. This is an internet quiz, Larry. <laughs> You're not Boba Fett either. Could be. Even though the quiz told you you were. No, I'm not. You're right. I'm not. I'm blah, blah, blah. You're not Wolverine either. <laughs> No, I'm a blubbering. <laughs> blubbering. Chicken. <laughs> blubbering. It's, it's what blubbering. It's what Eskimos use to, to clean their blubber. <laughs> so there you go. You're a fantasy nerd whether you like it or not to. Because the internet said so. Yeah, because the internet says a lot of things. There you go. What's he got to say about Kanye today? <laughs> Yay. What's he got to say about the Kennedy assassination? I don't know. I don't go on. What's Bat Boy up to? <laughs> <laughs> All right, cue uh, fantasy music. She doesn't need them. Yeah, well, I caught it from you. You got it from who? You. Me? Yeah. I'm farsighted. So, I think he needs us to bring one the glasses. Glass. Yeah. Okay. Thank, thank you. Yes. Yes. No, no, no problem. It makes, makes sampling the beverages even easier. Well, I feel like I just put those away. You probably did. I keep messing them up at night. <laughs> yeah. We don't care. Apparently, Larry does. Just wash that thing. We're washing. Oh, gosh. Shut up. No, when we cook, we have to do it and wash. You have to use glasses when you cook? Yes, I do. I do, because I can't see other drunk Drunken chef? Mm-hmm. Yes. I drink while I cook, so I know that when it's all made, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. How much alcohol did I drink she's, when I made? She's, she's like the Justin Wilson of 
Would you stand with us, yeah. First, we're going to put in some onion. Then we're going to put in a little wine. Some wine. Now I'm gonna put in a little more wine. <laughs> now I'm gonna put in a little more wine. All right, but that's all the wine. I can't feel my feet. I'm gonna oh, fall oh, down. Here's a bottle. <laughs> oh, here's another bottle. Excuse me while I fall down. Hey, Chris. Hey, hey Chris. Hey, Larry. Hey, Hello, everyone. Hey. Hey, 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 Blackbird. <laughs> hey, Cindy. Hey, Etheridge. You know, just in case you're listening. Hey, Dago. You're the, the destroyer. Hey, Etheridge the listened and then told you about it. <laughs> hey, Jim. Hey, Stacy. Hey, Stacy. Hey, Albert. Hey, Albert. Are we getting everybody? Hey, Kristen. Yeah. yeah, Kristen's not listening. Hey, Shaky Dave. She's not performing. Shaky music. Dave might be listening. She's not performing music. Right now. She doesn't perform all week. Yeah, she, yeah, she's busy. She's very successful. Did you just say she was bitchy? Busy. Oh. <laughs> You're bitchy. I'm not bitchy. I'm not bitchy. I'm not whiny. <laughs> Stick to the script. <laughs> There's no script. Yeah, what script? I don't see any script. So, uh... I only read the written words, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> no, then I'm not any good. So, uh, so, so what'd you bring us today? <laughs> What did you bring us today? You're sterling and otherwise. I am. I'm great. It was his crib. It said vomit. So I did. It's all over the carpet. What did you bring us today, Chris? You gotta clean the carpet. Save that for a stinger, I guess. (laughs) I brought. Uh, Oh, wow. Holy crap. Clearly Canadian. I thought they stopped making this stuff. I loved this stuff back in the day. This is the 90s, wasn't it? 80s. 80s, late, late really? 80s, yeah. Jeez. When I first found it, it was the late 80s. Back in high school. Yeah, it's about the same time I found it. Well, you were in college then. <laughs> I was not in college. You were in high school. Eighties late 80s. Oh, jeez. Oh, that was a clearly food beverage company. you got to take a picture of this and post that, man. That's... That's... Oh, that's, that's that's something. That's something. <laughs> Contains no juice. No juice or harm in making of this product. Well, that's good. I don't like being hurt when I'm when someone's making a product. You need to pick it up because I can't get everything in frame. No. <laughs> hey. <laughs> there we go. All right. So oh, clearly, wow, behind the scenes. <laughs> clearly, this Can- episode has behind the scenes footage. Clearly, Canadian Mountain Blackberry. I think this was my favorite too. Plus, that's very coincidental. Yeah, it is very coincidental. I'll tell you if it was once we start drinking it. No, nope, uh, I hated this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that was the one I threw up from. Uh, ingredients: carbonated Canadian spring water, pure Canadian cane sugar. Natural Canadian flavoring. Natural Canadian flavoring? What's that? Uh, Canadian. It tastes like like real Canadians? Canadian citric acid. Canadian spring water sources. Nelson, BC, Formosa, Ontario, or other Canadian springs. Okay, well, here. They're really pushing the Canadian aspect of this, aren't they? Apparently. Should we ask Black Brown about this? Clearly. All right, so blah 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 blah
There you go, Marissa. Thank you. There you go, Christopher. It definitely smells. What? Slurp. Berries. Yep, this is the one. Wow, take a look at that. Yeah, I know. I used to drink this stuff like it was American. Got a bit of tartness to it. it contains no juice. Why most people like it? No, no, thanks. Maybe not Klaus. <laughs> well, it's Klaus. I love everything that has no juice. Jews, Hindis, you don't care. Oh, man, this is so good. I'm going to send a picture of this to Chatham because I can. Just have Chris send a picture. And he just... No, we're going to post that on the page. That was really good. That is really good. I loved this stuff. Mm. I mean, I, I literally, I drank this stuff by the case. I've only seen it in recent memory at um, Cost Plus World Market. And I'm assuming it's because they only do it in Canada now. Well, it is clearly Canadian. Well, back in the late 80s. I mean, it was, no, I mean, it's it clearly like, Canadian. It says Project Canada, and there's Canada's thing mm -hmm. on the hand. So clearly, it's Canadian. But they were bottling it here, too. Yeah. That is really tasty. Yeah. And a nice way to wash down all the other stuff we've eaten. Mm. I don't really see the need for carbonated Canadian spring water. Pure cane sugar, blah, 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 blah. Canadian, Canadian. <laughs> Everything's Canadian. It's like if you're is a product of Canada and you're selling it to Canadians, shouldn't they just assume? <laughs> you're not allowed to assume. It just makes an ass out of yourself. No, you make an ass out of us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make an ass out of you. You were already an ass. I just brought out the assiness. <laughs> man, there's still some left in here, man. Oh my god! <laughs> Down and chug, 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 chug. <laughs> Chuck! <laughs> get in there and get it. Fine, Break I'll, the I'll, lid I'll, off. I'll, dr I'll drink the rest of it. I had one of the peach ones yesterday. It was a bit tart, too. Well, that's the carbonation, mostly. But, yeah, the peach was really good, too. I think that was the second one I used to drink a lot of. And then there was a cherry, as well. I don't know if it was a wild cherry or just... I don't remember. Or just cherry, but it didn't get matters. Well, this, this is mountain blackberry. Because mm -hmm. these are blackberries... From the Canadian mountains. They were sure hey. tasty. Well, there you go. They were, eh? Well, that was really good, eh? You should buy some more of that. So that's available at Cost Plus World Market. And if you're in one of our Canadian listeners, you can go to the shops, eh? <laughs> you can go to whatever your closest green grocer is or grocery store or whatever. Ralph's. Yeah, everywhere else? I don't know. <laughs> you're fucked. Too bad. Oh, well. All right, so cue Canadian music. I'm waiting. For what? You. What am I supposed to do? Hey, Greg. <laughs> hey, Larry. <laughs> uh, didn't you read the script? There isn't a script. Yeah, I sent it to you. Well, I don't read scripts. It says, hey, Chris. Hey, Larry. <laughs> I don't read scripts. Improv. Hey, Chris. Hey, Larry. You know what time it is? Uh, you got the computer out, so it must be like a Larry's Internet Quiz Top thing. Yes, Larry's top internet quiz thing. Yeah, there you go. Ding 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 ding. Top ten, yay! Oh, that was, that it's time was... for a top ten. Yay! This is the 
Literally. Yay. Yay. <laughs> this is the 10 widely misunderstood pieces of writing. Now, because of what it is, it might take us a little bit of time, so I'm going to read as fast as I possibly can. Oh, boy. Um, Maybe we should have went with the other one first, then. <laughs> no, that's going to take even longer. But we won't talk about that yet. Number 10. Number 10. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. No, I can understand a word that's in French. <laughs> when the 95, oh, wow, that long ago, Disney adaptation of this movie came out, many critics and audience members were united in decrying the supposed borderline desecration of the original story. They pointed to the 39 or 20 versions of the story as proper adaptations, which properly portrayed the unsavory unsav nature of Quasimodo, the tragic fate of the gypsy Esmeralda, and the clergyman Claude Frollo, and so on and all in the shadow of one of the most celebrated buildings in French history. It was a criticism completely undermined by how Victor Hugo wrote the original 1831 version, Chris was there, uh, of the story, as Lindsay Ellis explains in her highly recommended video essay in the original novel, Quasimodo is a mere bit part and certainly not a sympathetic figure. There is no tragic romance with the gypsy Esmeralda, who turns out was actually a Caucasian abandoned as a child. In brief, Hugo did not write his novel as a tragedy so much as a tribute to the cathedral itself, which at the time of writing was less a French institution than a wreck that had been vandalized numerous times over the century. I can see that. Alrighty. So basically the, the Disney version is bullshit. And most of the other versions that are out there hmm. are pretty much crap, except for the, uh, the 39 and 1920 versions. Hmm. Uh, number nine. Number nine. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I love that story. It's the pumpkin spice horror story. <laughs> pumpkin spice. Isn't she one of the Spice Girls? Yeah, pumpkin spice. Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, Washington Irving's... <laughs> not a very convincing... <laughs> no, not very. Washington Irving's 1820 story set in a Dutch community in the 1790s New York, loosely based on real events... As we all know, is about a school teacher. Based. Yes, as we all know, is about a school teacher named Ichabod Crane who gets chased by a headless horseman across the bridge. When the horseman can't catch him, he throws a pumpkin at Crane. Those who read an abridged version in class might remember that it is heavenly implied that Brom Bones was pretending to be the headless Hessian horseman to scare off Crane so that he could marry Katrina Van Tassel without any competition from superstitious school teachers. Considering Ichabod disappears and Bone gets Bones gets what he wants through petty, underhanded, and aggressive means, it seems like this slice of Americana should be a pretty dark, spooky tale where the villain wins in the end, be he ghost or local tough douche in disguise. Readers had that impression that because many of them lost track of how odious the person Irving wrote Ichabod Crane to be, like many school teachers of the time, Crane is described as having romantic interest purely for financial reasons. Irving explicitly described him as looking at her father's fortune with green eyes. He's also explicitly a mooch and a glutton, only getting away with it because he knows a lot of local ghost lore. The story also ends with a postscript, noting there was talk in Sleepy Hollow that Crane was seen again later, having moved to another community and becoming a judge. <laughs> However, the locals rejected that because his supposed disappearance made for a better story, if anything, Irving went overboard in assuring audiences not to worry about the bastard old school teacher. 
Number eight, Jabberwocky. Jabberwocky. Lewis Carroll's titular monster, which was based first, on the movie by Terry Gilliam, which was first introduced to readers in Alice Through the Looking Glass, has been portrayed as a serious beast in such adaptations as the '85 movie. Even those who know better than to portray such a serious version of the monster, the monster from the poem assumes that slivy toves and more wraths from the opening verses means unidentifiable beasts, such as the version done for the Muppet Show, which. I actually have, and I could click the button and play it. But that's copyrighted, and we don't need to lose a podcast over that. Well, you know, do you know the Center for Puppetry Arts is now the House of the Muppets? Permanent. The House of the Muppets? Yeah. When they retire a Muppet, it comes here. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Why did they go to that's the Because the Sun said the Center for Puppetry Arts is the place for it. Oh, okay. They've been here before. That's where I actually got to meet, quote, Kermit and Big Bird and all that back when I was about five or six. Interesting. Yep. I loved it. I want to go back over there and see it. Uh, Jabberwocky's ori- origin was in 1855 in a magazine called Mishmash, which had a circular... Oh, description of that. You right? probably do. Uh, you're pretty Mishmash old. Mishmash for teens. <laughs> Ew. Pages are all sticky. Uh, which had a circulation of Lewis Carroll's immediate family. It was not only meant as a parody of folk poems, but he handedly explained what all the words meant. So those terms aren't so much nonsense as coded. For example, slivy tones, toves, are actually cheese-eating badgers. Momraths are turtles. Brilly, brily, spit it out. Brylig, I know, is said to be the early afternoon as it reserves the time of broiling dinner. All these things consider the opening verses much closer to a slightly offbeat version of Wind in the Willows, then it is a surreal menagerie of cryptids. Okay. That went nowhere. It was weird. Uh, Sorry about the lull, folks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, How I does this top ten list only have four items? Number seven, Harrison Bergeron. In Kurt Vonnegut's 1961 short story, equality is perverted so that every exceptional person is limited to be no better than the worst performing person. Oh, kind of like uh, public schools now. Either yeah. either by restraints that weigh them down or by zapping them if they think too much. He was, he was a futurist. Yeah. Strange enough, I think we're doing the zapping part. Uh, this, idea, go, Monica. <laughs> this idea has been embraced by right-wing publications like National Review yeah. and the left-wing politics. Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia, R.I.P., cited it in a ruling requiring tournament golfers to walk between shots. Okay. Oh, instead of golf carting. Yes. Uh, but they don't seem to notice the portrayal of the eponymous character, I never get that word right, as critics have more recently pointed out, Bergeron is a ridiculously overpowered human being who not only stands seven foot tall at 14, but he's also literally capable of flying as he dances once he removes his restraints that weigh hundreds of pounds, more revealing <laughs> he proclaims himself emperor... <laughs> He's like the, that ghost from the Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, Marley. Oh, good. Good job. Jacob Marley. Yeah. yeah. Which probably isn't something Vonnegut would have had a heroic character do. So, there you go. He also makes his declaration and displays his power on live television, which, of course, means the handicapper general Diana Moon Glampers mm-hmm. would have no trouble hunting him down and shooting him as... She does seemingly effort, 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 effort
effortlessly in the story. Clearly, Bertrand is the parody of the Howard Rourke and John Galt-type Superman that were so perfect and so, so unappreciated in Anne Rand's novel. Considering Vonnegut's left-wing views throughout his writing career, its objectivism, and his in his sights, at least as much as socialism. Hmm. Number six, The Satanic Verses with Salman Rushdie. Yeah, that's kind of a bad title for your book there. If you're looking for people to you know, pick it up for what it truly is. In 1988, when Salman Rushdie struck free publicity gold, when his book was interpreted as blasphemous and banned in India, while the Ayatollah demanded his head, he surely didn't celebrate this as he had to go into hiding from very real threats. Several translators of the book were attacked, one fatally. Considering that the book is a formidable 600 pages long, it's not so surprising that many people didn't read the entire story and were content to go off a vague sense of what the novel was really about, or a heavily abridged version. Satanic Verses tells the intertwined stories of two Southeast Asian Muslims, one born wealthy and the other one poor. The pair both survive a plane crash. The rich one becomes cursed. One way is he smells bad, while the other becomes angelic. Still, the rich one survives the novel, while the other commits suicide while wanted for murder. He is unambiguously responsible for several deaths. The offending portions of the book are a secondary narrative of a few dozen pages about the rise of the prophet Mahud, which written in an approximation of Quranic verse. So there you go. That's pretty great. Uh, number five, Valley of the I'm on my phone dolls, as opposed to Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Yes, these days. We'll talk about on another episode. These days, the 1966 novel is known for selling 40 million copies rather than its contents. It's a story of three women who try to enter show business but run into such pitfalls as uh, Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> sexual exploitation, and drug addiction. Creative compromise, sexual exploitation, and drug addiction. The dolls of the title are the upper downer pills. Oh. So oh, we misinterpreted it. Was oh, so, oh. so it was so oh. salacious for its time that it couldn't help to become one of literally the best-selling books of all time. No wonder it got a couple of film adaptations, a much-derided smash hit in 1968, and a TV movie in 1981. There you go. Number four. Number four. Dracula by Bram Stoker which is on my shirt. Bram Stoker's 1897 classic isn't just one of the most two most influential horror novels of the 19th century alongside Frankenberger. Uh, for many outside... Frankenberry. No, Frankenberger. Uh, for uh, Frankenstein, actually. Uh, for many outside Central or Google it, or uh, Eastern Europe, <laughs> it was the popularity of Dracula that led him to the 15th century Romanian ruler Vladislav III better known as Vlad the Impaler, deposed. Earlier in life, Vlad fought against the Ottoman Empire and fellow Romanians and eventually died in battle, but not before leaving behind the battlefields laden with impaled prisoners of war as an attempt to demoralize his enemies, and it worked yep. for a time period. Such a person seems tailor-made to inspire a monster in human shape, which completely misunderstands Stoker's real writing process. Not so much that he didn't carefully study Vlad Tepes' life for inspiration for his iconic character, as there's no, no evidence that he even knew the bygone monarch existed. In 1890, the year he began working on it, he no wow, it only took him one year, oh, seven years. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, he noted that he read a book on Westphalia and came across, or Westphalia, came across the word Draculia, 
and misinterpreted as being the local word for evil, while Vlad is from approximately the same area of Europe as Dracul, Vlad was certainly not much associated with Transylvania, which he would have been a key connection to invoking the memory of the historical figure, and short Stoker seemed more lucked into the historical echoes than anything else. Yeah, I can see that. The Great Gadsby. Oh, we're done with Dracula? Yes. Oh. Number three, The Great Gadsby. Nearly 80 years after its initial disappointing lease and release in 1925, F. Scott Fitzgerald's Jazz Age Triumph sells roughly 500,000 copies a year. It's resonated with readers enough to make its way to the silver screen in 26, 49, 76, and that flop in 2013. Yeah, it's been there a lot. Each release was greeted with a critical thrashing and to very mixed results at the box office. But! but. That's not... <laughs> I saw you jump to that too. That's not to say readers who who generally regard themselves as more astute than movie fans don't mistake Fitzgerald's intention with Gadsby, as explained by Sarah Churchwell in The Guardian. The Guardian. The most in why do you keep doing that? It's because the most people are my epic man. Yeah. You are correct, sir. I was just saying Ohio at you ever saw. Ohio Ding! Gatsby is as being a suave charmer. There are a few telling descriptions that undermine this. His pink suits, tacky even in the 20s, and his bewilderment in the face of the high society that narrow-air Nick Carraway t- seed takes for granted. That's why he overcompensates for his parties, doing such thing as hiring entire orchestras. Gatsby is a dreamer, pining for the fantasy version from his youth of his neighbor, Daisy Buchanan, not a man with his feet on the ground in the present. Not that this dissonance is anything new. Fitzgerald wrote back in the day that all of the reviews, even the most enthusiastic, not one has a slightest idea what the book was about. Hmm. Number two. Number two. Don Quixote. Oh, the man who tilted at windmills. The man who tilted at windmills? Hmm. <laughs> Don Quixote. It's been over 400 years since Miguel de Cervantes Masterpiece was first published in English. Since then, the image of a noble... Are you spanking it over there or something? Yes, that's what's going on over here. Yes. Well, I'm, you're just over there jiggling a lot. I'm just waiting. For what? For this bit to end. Oh. Come on, go. Since the image of the nobleman putting the wash basin on his head, taking a nag for a noble steed, and his trusty assistant, Sancho Panza, on a number of delusional, pointless quests in an attempt to restore chivalry to the land, has not only become more poignant... Don Quixote is both absurd and lovable, kind of like me. And, and many readers have mixed feelings about the ending where he regains his sanity enough to dictate in his will that his niece be disinherited if she marries a man who reads books of chivalry. As recounted in the New York Times, the title... Okay. As the New York recounted in the New York Times, the title character actually comes across as much less sympathetic when you look at the text. While Quixote means well, Cervantes does not skimp on the details of the pain he causes... Not just to his assistant, Sancho Panja, who gets beat up because Quixote doesn't pay a hotel bill, but even mules can't drink from their water trough because Quixote insists the water is holy. It's an aspect of the story that is understandably omitted from adaptations, such as The Man of La Mancha, which contributed to those interpretations being dismissed as kitsch. And finally... Basically, a lot of this article is that the main character is an asshole. Mm. And finally, Slaughterhouse-Five. Well, when an author, uh, author yes. writes as many famous, satirical, morally complex, and whimsical stories as Kurt Vonnegut did... This guy again. 
Yes, it's not surprising that we have multiple works end up on this list. So, with his... So, forgive our laziness. So, with his 1969 anti-war classic that he self-depreciatingly calls famous Dresden novel about a World War II named a veteran named Billy Pilgrim whose subjective experiences in his life jumps back and forth through time within the book... In the intro of the book, Vonnegut quotes an associate who asks authors writing anti-war books why they didn't write instead an anti-glacier book, meaning, of course, that the human tendency towards war, war is as implacable as glaciers. And this is a really long one, so I'm just going to skip most of it. Uh, the text makes explicit that aliens don't exist from the book. The aliens Billy Pilgrim meets and the environment they place him in, specifically a zoo, are described as something he read in a novel by hack sci-fi author Kilgore Trout. Further, Pilgrim does not express anything to anyone else about aliens until after the plane crash that leaves him unconscious, i.e. likely with brain damage and trauma. As Michael Carson of the wrathbearingtree.com points out, when Pilgrim first discusses the lessons he learns about the inevitability of war, the atrocities that come from it, it is with a war hawk named Rumford, I'm sorry, Rumford, who Vonnegut mocks. Pilgrim merely echoes Rumford, and then says it's all he's learned from what Rumford has told him on Trawful Fault of the Moor. On the other hand, Vonnegut also makes it explicit that, he the, loves tro- syllables. that the Trawful Malfadorians believe that they will eventually destroy the universe. Vonnegut's must message 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 isn't that war and atrocities are inevitable, but that all that follow the fatalist philosophy that would come from absurd aliens that are the result of head trauma. Ta-da. Ding. So there you go. The top ten widely misunderstood pieces of writing. Ding. Ding. Um, cue written music. Balls. Was that enough achieving reality the podcast for you? I bet it wasn't. If it was, I'm sorry. You know, we, we've really tried. But if it wasn't, we've got five years worth of shit you can listen to. Hell, if you've heard them all, go back and listen to them again. Some of them are really, really funny. Some of them absolutely suck. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of it. We talked about a bunch of crap that I don't remember and I really don't care about. So, for Chris, Marissa, in parentheses, everybody else, I'm Larry saying, fucking booger. Skip Lapikas. Which would your spirit animal guide be? Bear eat. <coughs> Going through puberty again, sorry, everybody. This episode of Achieving Rally the Podcast has been brought to you by, well, us. <laughs> Here at Achieving Rally the Podcast. Hey there, Achieving Rally the Podcast listeners. I know you've enjoyed us for the last five years. Well, I've got news for you. We're now available on Spotify. That's right, Spotify. Log on to your Spotify account, look at the menu bar along the top, and click on the podcast. Then search for Achieving Reality the Podcast. It's amazing. Now there's multiple ways to listen to my wackiness and Chris's snark. Achieving Reality the Podcast, now on Spotify. Go ahead, take a listen.
Oh my god, it's the Cheetah Wolf. <laughs> Skip a Pikas.